This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is none other than Steve Sims. He's the visionary leader of a a company called Bluefish, the world's first luxury concierge company that delivers the highest level of personalized travel and entertainment services to corporate executives, celebrities, professional athletes, and other discerning individuals interested in living life to their fullest. Steve, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm here. (laughs) I'm so stoked you're back on. So we have obviously a little history, guys. I met Steve many years ago when a friend told me, Nathan, hey, you want to go to the go to Elton John's Oscar party? I said, what the hell? How does that happen? And he goes, I've got this guy named Steve. I bought a table and Ben made it happen. And so that's kind of how I got even closer to Steve. So Steve, tell people what you do, because listen, this space is crowded with wannabes, like people that say amazing experiences and it's like not a real experience. Give me the craziest experience you've created for somebody. Oh, God. Uh, well, Forbes called me the real-life Wizard of Oz, which I, I should get made into a T-shirt. Um, I've had a client who wanted to get married in the Vatican by the Pope. I've sent people down to the Titanic. I took over the Academia Museum in Florence because a client wanted an exclusive Italian restaurant. And then I had Andrea Bocelli come in and serenade him. I've stuck people on stage with the rock band Journey. I've had a guitar lesson by ZZ Top. I've had a drum lesson by... Guns and Roses. I've had a two-seater pillion ride on the back of, uh, not me, my clients, um, of a Ducati MotoGP bike. I've had unarmed combat by Navy SEAL. Oh, I can't say what team they were, but one of the big um, Navy SEAL teams. So I'm the guy you contact when you want to get uh, shit done and you've got a checkbook can afford it. Yeah, I think, Steve, the business you do is what's going to become more and more valuable over the next decade as everyone gets accustomed to this very boring digital experiences. You shock their emotions with these experiences. In fact, I'm in West Hollywood and I get a text from Ben. Hey, this guy's going to deliver tickets to you. And I'm like expecting him to like show up in like a limo and like a suit and everything. And here comes this motorbike loud as fuck in West Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard, pulls up to a coffee shop, pulls out these tickets. Tickets. He goes, here are the Oscar tickets. And sure enough, it's you. These piercings are going, what the hell is this guy? I want to know more. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's worked for me. The fact that I've, I've never conformed to the stereotype of what people think they're going to get. And I get some very, int- and I'm on the, me- you know, I do loads of media and yep. stuff like that. So it's not like they can't actually research me or just bloody Google my name and see what I look like. But you still do get some people that are a little bit stunned when they see me turn up and they try to hide that kids and, uh, you know, protect that wallet. <laughs> so talk, mo- okay. The experience thing speaks for itself. Unbelievable experiences. Talk money to me though. How do you build a business around this? Do you know, that was a tough thing, but I was never, I was never embarrassed to ask for money. Um, I was ignorant to the fact that why shouldn't you, you know, as an East London bricklayer, I, it just came natural. You want something from me. I'm going to charge you a hundred bucks. I want something from you. I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. It was a very easy thing for me to ask for money. As I started doing this and getting people into clubs when I was a doorman, when I started sending people into parties that they shouldn't have gone into, 
It was a very easy transition. What became tough was when you actually try to legitimize it and you actually try to make it a real business. And that's where you kind of screw up and fuck up like all entrepreneurs do. The second you try to make it official and proper and real, that's when you start really diluting the passion and the growth in it. But I really just thought my core source was I only wanted people in my circle that I liked and I could relate to. So me turning up to a motorcycle to see you for the tickets, if I'd have seen you and you'd have come across a prick and I didn't like you, I'd have literally turned around and gone, do you know I left the tickets at home? I'm sorry, pal. I'll see you around. And I'd have gone. I want to make sure that the people that are in my world, luckily you're not because you're cool. but um, It's the hair, uh, right? It's the hair. <laughs> it's the hair. <laughs> Steve, I, Steve, are, yeah. I share my hair with Steve, right? We. <laughs> We're there, we're there, we're hair partners. But I just want to make sure that if I can stop the a-holes at the door, I've negated 99% of my problems. And then it's just a case of, okay, you have this dream. Do you have the resources to be able to afford it? Because if I go and do something, I'm going to put steroids on this thing. And so I'm very, very, um, very, very open to saying, look, there's money that talks here at certain parts. So you've got to be able to have the wherewithal to afford me. Yep. So how many people, first off, when did you launch this company? How many years have you been, you've been doing it? So we've been doing, the first time we used Bluefish, and it was a password to get into a club in Hong Kong. That's how it came about. Bluefish um, was the password. Yeah. I, I, one of my little core, I believe I'm smarter in my gut than I am in my head. So I used to give people passwords to get into my events because they, if they were comfortable and confident enough to be able to walk up to a meathead like me and go, Bluefish. <laughs> Then I thought, well, you're comfortable. You've got to be a cool cat. Because I would have people come up to me going, I'm here for the party. Let me in. And I'd be like, no party here, man. And there's a yacht behind us kicking off and just going crazy. And we would just blank them out. Um, And the funny thing is, just quickly, I know time's precious. We had three passwords. Name two of the Teletubbies. Name the lion out of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Or finish this sentence, one fish, two fish, red fish. And depending on what event it was, we'd pick one of those. And then people started talking about this Bluefish company, and we're glad that they picked on that. Otherwise, we could have been called Tinky Winky Poe. <laughs> the Teletubby names. Yeah, exactly. All right, Bluefish. Okay, so what year was that, though? Okay, so that was early 90s. We started the first party, I think, would have been around about 93, 94. Okay. We started to get contracts around 96, 97. We became... Uh, we had an offshore company. We were living in Hong Kong at the time. We had an offshore company. But Who's we, we, by the way? Sorry? Who is we? Oh, me, my wife, and a couple of people that were with me. We set up this offshore company when we were in. When it started to make money and we were getting a lot of international people coming in, and we didn't want to be banking in Asia. Um, it was still a little bit unstable. Um, so we had the typical BVI offshore company account and that kind of thing. Um, and then we really got legitimate. Uh, in I would say 99 and our first big contract we worked for Ferrari in 96 and 97 but it was really kind of very loosey-goosey our first big thing was the official concierge of the New York Fashion Week then the Kentucky Derby and then in 2004 the Grammys so so take me to fashion though give me more details on that like so I don't think my listeners will understand when you say you got a contract I don't think they're going to understand it so like who's paying you and what are they paying you what does that contract look like all right, so in, uh, in 96, 97, I was working with Ferrari in Monaco. So I was meeting a lot of very powerful people, but also a benefit that I didn't realize at the time was I couldn't Google them because we didn't have Google in 97. So I was just meeting people that I got on with 
So then over the years, I've suddenly found out owned things like England. Um, so I found <laughs> that I was knocking around with really powerful people. Uh, a friend of mine at the time um, was um, a Teddy Forsman, who owned Gulfstream Aircraft. And I had known him through, uh, through the Monaco days. And then I found out in 01 that they actually bought IMG, which owned 7th on 6th, which owned the New York Fashion Week. And they said, we need people to help start coordinating <clears throat> the hotels, the access, the position, the security. Do you want to do it? Now, up until then, we had never, ever been referred to as a concierge. Mm -hmm. So when we said, yes, we'll do it, we came, and it was very small money. Uh, that we how did much? This. Do you mind me asking? Oh, I th it was like, I think like 35 grand. Okay, for that project. For the project. Um, because what we did do is we said, look, we want access as well. So rather than just getting what we were going to do, we wanted all the access out of it. So we wanted tickets because we knew we had the clients. So I knew that if I did this contract for a little bit, but I got a great deal of inventory, I'd make a lot of money out of it. Um, we did a similar kind of thing with uh, uh, with the Grammys and Kentucky Because you Derby. can sell some of those tickets to people you like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so this time we had a community, we had a membership, and we were going out saying, hey, we got the New York Fashion Week. You know, do you want to go? And there was me with all these designers that I couldn't pronounce and I didn't know because I'm a black T-shirt jeans guy um, wandering around backstage with a bunch of women that look as though they've never eaten in their life. Um, <laughs> here's a but, pizza. Here's uh, a pizza. Yeah. And so that was... Uh, so that was the first thing. And I remember they did a press release and the press release was the Bluefish was the official concierge of the New York Fashion Week. And we were like, well, ah, <laughs> we were a concierge. And so people then started wrapping us into that. And we suddenly started getting compared to like the Ritz Carlton and, you know, credit card concierge firms. So all of a sudden we were getting this very unfair comparison to these other concierge which got us a ton of media and we're not gonna we're not gonna moan about it but uh, that's when the word that they were the first people to use the word concierge on us many of you know i am buying companies that i really really like and there's no quicker way for me to get to the bottom of what is happening on that website than using this tool called nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar h-o-t-j-a-r it basically will give me a recording Okay, when anybody lands on the website, it'll give me a recording of where the viewer is scrolling and obviously does the basic stuff like heat maps too. But I learned so much about where the users are scrolling and clicking on my site using that tool. It helps me increase conversion rates, make more money and grow those businesses faster. And we'll have to see what happens with those businesses, but I'm buying them. I'm buying them very quick and I'm using nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar for all of my website analytics. You can too, I work with them, it's totally free. You can go to nathanlatka.com forward slash hotjar. No credit card required. Again, use it as much as you want. nathanlatka.com forward slash hotjar. I'll see you there. So coming up, I want to talk more about the book you're working on. I also want to talk about you're a genius at getting to anybody in the world, no matter who they are. You do it in a very unique way. I want to talk about that. But first, uh, last numbers question here. So this sounds to me, like I usually talk to software people. It's easy to scale. This sounds to me very difficult to scale. So like last year, 2016, how many projects did you work on? And what did that come to you in terms of revenue last year? So 16, I think we're going to close out at around the late eight. So just under nine mil. This year um, or last year? 
last year. Okay. Okay. So the, the tax the taxes that we're doing for last year is going to fall us around just just south of nine. Yep. Um, projects we did a lot of travel. Um, we didn't do as many large projects, like nothing of the like nothing with the Vatican, nothing with uh, uh, academia or with Paris. We didn't do as many of the big items last year as we did the year before. So I would have said there was probably three or four times more of the projects, but they were smaller stuff like, you know, exotic VIP to Kentucky Derby, Milan, Fashion Week, you know, those kind of things. Uh, this year we've done a lot more big bucket list items, um, landed on an aircraft ha- uh, carrier. Um, so we did some bigger stuff there. So last year was more projects, but not not many of them was as big as revenues that they were this year and the year before. Okay, all that sounds amazing and fun. Why the hell take time away to go write a book? Because entrepreneurs love to screw things up when things are going well. And so when I got offered the opportunity to write a book, not on, and I've always been offered this, not on the world of luxury and these A-list clients, but more on how do you perceive relationships? How do you do this? How do you get to someone? How do you brand? How do you market? These were questions that I thought, hmm, I do it in a way that's me. Maybe it will help someone else. And so I was challenged. And when entrepreneurs get challenged, we just go, yeah, that sounds cool. So then um, I did it. And I also found it interesting because part of my job is to get into rooms that I that I would not normally be in. So this was now a situation where Steve Sims was going to be an author. Bearing in mind, my, produced, my publishers are Simon Schuster. Yeah. So... I'm now, like all of my life, in one of the top rooms in the planet. I'm now an author with Simon Schuster. This is now a chance for me to walk in other people's shoes and be nosy. And it was funny. I would ask five authors how they did it, and I would get 10 different answers. So I was very interested to go, okay, can I simsitize this? What's the weirdest see- answer you got from an author in terms of how they sold like their, on, on their launch week, what they did to sell a lot of copies? I'm not sure I can give too many games away, but let's just say a lot of people pay to play. And I Ah. was amazed at how many people actually have like hundreds of thousands of books sitting in their cupboard because they needed to get on a list. I am so glad you say that. So I I don't share this too much publicly, mostly because I'm still 12 months away from publishing, but I just signed a deal with Portfolio Random House for the exact same reason. I failed English in high school, okay? You probably don't like writing very much either, but I wanted to learn the freaking game, and I can confirm that. It is pay to play. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. There's a lot of of people that say, oh, so you would like to get your book here? And I'd go, yeah, and they'd be like, here's the money. And so, you know, where's the money? You know, you pay and you'll be there. And I'm like, for me, if I'm not making money, then why am I doing it? Yeah. And if I'm getting a great deal of enjoyment out of it, then yes, I pay the money. But if I'm paying for people to buy my book to give me fake numbers, that didn't really make sense. It goes against the grain of what SIM stands for. So you do the smart thing. You come on my show to get real sales. What's the name of the book? <laughs> It's called Bluefish in the Art of Making Things Happen. I love that. Okay, we have a minute and a half left. Tell us if I told you I want to go meet President Obama, how do you make it happen? Teach us about introductions. All right, so the first things you would do is you would look, now that he's now not a president and he's probably got some downtime, I would look into what foundations he supports, what causes he's big in, what galas he's gone to in the past. And then I would reach out to those to find out, is he a current supporter? Is he currently on the board? What events do you go on? And the cheapest way to get in front of a bunch 
of celebrities are to go to events where they are, like you did at Elton John's party. Yeah. Um, if you go to an event where he's the key, lots of people are going to be vying for him. But if you know he's just going to a gala, then you can speak to the gala and go, hey, I'd really like to hit one of the VIP tables in the surrounding of him. And you you purchase a table in close proximity. I love that. All right, Steve, where can people find the book? Go to Amazon or any of the usual suspects, Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, or go to stevedsims.com. That's my website, my ugly face, and there's all the links on there for the book. All right, there you guys have it. Blue Fish, The Art of Making Things Happen. Steve, let's wrap up here with The Famous Five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. <laughs> Besides your own. <laughs> uh, the Places We Shall Go by Dr. Zeus. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? I can't help but following anything Jean-Paul de Joria or his group get involved in. Just love that, man. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have for running your business? Yeah, it's the one that actually stops the internet from working. Uh, <laughs> Tim Ferriss shared it with me. You get an hour and then it just blocks you off for four hours. <laughs> Number four, how many hours of sleep to get every night? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm probably about an eight-hour guy. I've got to keep the good looks. That's good. And what's your situation, Steve? I think you mentioned your wife earlier, so you're married. Any kids? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, three kids. I like most of them. That's good. And how old are you? And me, I'm 51 years old. 50 years young. 51 years young. Take us, last question. Take us back 31 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, to drink better whiskey. <laughs> There you guys have it from the guy that can make anything happen for you. Steve Sims, drink better whiskey when he was younger. He's launched his company many years ago, just really out of spite from a password he used at, a, at doors when he was obviously the bouncer. Now it's a much larger company. Did a little under $9 million last year, creating unique experiences. Now he's got a book out. Check it out. Bluefish and the art of making things happen. Steve Sims, thank you for taking us to the top. Cheers, pal.